Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. And uh, we're just so happy to have Amy Spalding back at the store. We're so happy to have her here. <laughs> uh, what I love about Amy, she's just a renaissance woman. She's a renaissance woman. She just does a million things. Um, she got her BA in advertising and marketing uh, communications from Webster University and an MA in media studies from the New School. And she studied long-form improv at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. By day, she manages the digital team for an indie film advertising agency. And by later night, uh, by later day and night, Amy writes, performs, and pets as many cats as she can. She grew up in St. Louis, but she is right here in Los Angeles. Please welcome Amy Spalding. Yeah. so much everyone for coming out on a Tuesday. I'm really excited to see you. Thanks to Skylight, my favorite bookstore in Los Angeles. Yeah. When I first was coming here, living here, I never thought this would be a place I get to do one event, much less all my book launches. So I feel so honored. I feel so happy to be here. Thank you all for showing up on a Tuesday night. It means the world to me. I got all the texts this afternoon that were like, here's why I can't make it. And they're all good reasons, but I was like, oh, no one's coming. It's just going to be me and my mom and a raffle for myself. So, speaking of the raffle, mom, you can't relax yet. Your seat is saved. No one is going to seat. Uh, there is a raffle. It is for very adorable items that I will now show you. First is I... Two, we have two different handmade, one-of-a-kind little burgers by my friend Sue Yemyo, who is taking a whirlwind trip to Korea and Japan, so she's not here, but she left these beautiful things for me to give away to you. I'm very excited. We have something which I think is going to be delicious, which is 100% tasty, the original candy burger, made of 22 delicious candies, all stacked together. It will probably give you a disease, like diabetes, <laughs> but it's going to be worth it. <laughs> I've never had diabetes, it's probably not worth it. <laughs> but Stacey McGilded and the Babysitter's Club, and I think we can all agree she was the coolest girl. <laughs> Causation does not equal a correlation. <laughs> no, the opposite. Um, I also have burger pins with Hello Kitty on them. Yeah. Hello Kitty being a photographer. If you've read the book, you know these are relevant. If you don't, they're cute anyway. Come on. Well, the book just came out, Mom. Not everyone has had a chance to read it. <laughs> Some people aren't the mother of the author and got an early copy. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't entered the raffle yet, raise your hand. Pat Spaulding will walk around and give you a ticket. That's her job tonight. <laughs> she used to work at Borders, so she's real good at bookstores. <laughs> so I'm going to read the first chapter. It's not too long. And then... I'm going to take questions from the audience. I love a good Q&A. Any of you who have been to my events know this. So think of a good question. It does not have to be about this book. It does not even have to be about writing. It could be about musical theater or medical dramas. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Burgers, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to talk about food. Just whatever. Like, just fun.
fun questions that everyone will be delighted by. And when we talk for too long, the store will say, okay, it's time to stop, and we'll stop. So it's going to be great. <laughs> Chapter one. In modern love stories, our heroines all seem to have something in common. No, not an adorably decorated apartment in the big city, a conveniently timed meet-cute with a person of their dreams, or the kind of problem that arises two-thirds of the way through their personal narrative and somehow fixes itself in that last third. Okay, they definitely have most of those things in common. But the thread binding them all together, it's the sassy best friend. The sassy best friend gets to have witty one-liners, a killer wardrobe, and usually a pretty great job. But it is the best friend's goal to help our heroine fall in love. It is not the best friend's job to fall in love herself. Therefore, I just realized that I'm probably doomed at love. Because I'm pretty sure I'm not the heroine. I don't even think I'm in my own story. I'm sort of like in a weird angle with this microphone, so we're just gonna get comfy with it. Last winter, my best friend fell in love. We live in Los Angeles, so it wasn't over steaming mugs of hot cocoa or whimsically collided skis. Malia met Trevor in the epic pre-Christmas line at the Apple Store at the Grove, which seems to me about as L.A. of a love story as you can get. Anyway, I did all the best friend things. I looked over his Facebook profile, helped analyze his texts, and, of course, picked out her first date outfit, down to her blue lacy bra and underwear. He didn't see anything underneath her clothes for two months, according to Malia, but cute underwear provides loads of confidence and should never be underestimated, regardless of the situation. I know that I'm obsessing over Malia's love life right now because I found out last night that Lindsay Malone has a boyfriend. Okay, sure, I never had official confirmation that Lindsay likes girls. Zoe and Brooke claim they saw her at a Tegan and Sarah concert. <laughs> but I can't believe I took that as proof of anything. It's not like Zoe or Brooke likes girls after all, and they were there. I'm 17 years old. I'm about to be a senior in high school. And while maybe it would be okay at 17 now to have had an epic love story yet, I haven't even kissed anyone. Not even a boy. Last month I was babysitting for the toddler twins who live next door. And when their 12-year-old sister got home from her volleyball practice, she made an offhand comment about a boy she liked that made me assume she was nervous about kissing someone for the first time. Um, I've obviously kissed someone already, she'd said. I'm 12, not 9. <laughs> I want to, in this very moment, while I'm walking down Glen Phelous Boulevard toward Glendale Boulevard, be fixated on summer looks and vintage reproductions and local designers. But my tween neighbor has more experience than me, and the only real-life girl I've liked has a boyfriend. This is why I keep forgetting to be happy about the dream internship I've landed, and I'm on my way to right now. It meant everything I wrote to Maggie Goldman when I applied for the summer position, but I know a lot more than my letter let on. The internet is full of information when you know where and how to look. When I composed my letter, I was well aware that interns tend to get part-time, but paying jobs for the next school year, until college takes you away and opens up space for the next girl. Maggie Goldman believed in giving people their starts. This year, that person would be me. Still, how am I supposed to think about any of this as a true tragic reality of my love life comes into sharper and sharper focus? Once the truth feels like it's physically and literally surrounding you, can you go back to thinking about dresses and accessories? No more real girls, I decide. Only celebrities and fashion. They can't hurt me. I'm five minutes early, so when I walk up to the shop, the clothes sign is still in the window, and the door is locked. A girl is inside at the cash register, but I'm not sure if she has anything to do with my position. And anyway, I don't really know the non-awkward way of getting her attention. So I just wait. Hey, says someone behind me. 
I turn around to see a girl who's probably my age. Her look is not Lemonberry's general aesthetic of faux vintage girliness. She's wearing skinny black pants with a slouchy t-shirt, and even though it's June, she's wearing short black boots that come up over the ankles of her pants. I'm not sure what she'd want to browse here once the store's open. Hi, I say. You're Abby, right? She asks, shoving her wavy dark hair out of her face. Yes, I say, even though I probably shouldn't let on to strangers who I am. The moment feels mildly dangerous, but maybe that's just holdover from thinking about my doomed existence. <laughs> we go to school together, she says with her eyebrow raised, and then I can picture her in my geometry class. Sorry, I say, and then, you look different. I got a haircut. I try to think of a nice way to tell her I'm about to be in the most important professional role in my entire life. We don't have time to talk right now. Also, I'd love to remember her name because I would feel less like a self-centered jerk. The door opens and Maggie leans out. During my interview, she told me to call her Maggie, so I'm following directions, not being too casual. Come on in, girls. Girls. I walk inside with the girl right behind me. It's Jordy, she says. What's Jordy, I ask, though softly. My name. Oh, I say, and then I smile like that'll keep her from thinking I'm horrible. <laughs> Jordy Perez, right? That's me. Go on into the back room. Maggie gestures to the door at the back of the shop. I just made a fresh pot of coffee, so feel free to help yourselves. I'll meet you in a few minutes. Jordy and I walk into the back room, and even though clothes and designs are all over, Jordy makes her way straight to the coffee maker. Do you want a cup, she asks me. Sure, thanks, I say, even when I think of coffee as a grown-up beverage, and I'm far from a grown-up. When school starts in the fall, I can be someone who carries in a cardboard cup of coffee instead of something like a frappuccino. By fall, I'll think of frappuccinos as so immature. <laughs> I try to calmly sip my coffee like the adult I'm pretending to be, but it's hot, bitter water, and so I sort of accidentally splatter it back into the cup while Jordy's calmly adding Splenda and half and half, and half to hers. She smirks and slides the Splenda and half and half to me. I tear open three packets and watch the coffee change from near black to creamy beige as I pour in the half and half. The door opens and Maggie walks in. I was honestly surprised when I met her because even though I'd definitely seen her around the shop, she's not who I assumed was the owner and designer. There's a lady who's often working who's always wearing the store's pieces, if not a full outfit comprising them. Her hair is dyed the most perfect shade of burgundy and quaffed like a team of stylists or maybe Cinderella's magical mice set it in place. That lady is definitely not Maggie, who today is wearing jeans and a blue t-shirt so faded I can't make out what it originally was printed on it. Her brown hair is piled atop her head in a sloppy bun. I try to imagine her designing sweeney beautiful dresses and I still can't make any of it work in my head. Remind me, which one of you is the photographer? She looks back and forth between Jordy and me. And which is the blogger? Jordy and I glance at each other, but don't answer right away. Even though obviously we know what ourselves are. <laughs> I don't talk about my blog to anyone at school though, outside of my closest friends. I don't think anything good would come out of everyone knowing about Plus Style. I'm the photographer, Jordy finally says. That makes me the blogger, I say, even though never in my entire life have I referred to myself as a blogger. <laughs> I should have remembered, Maggie says. I'm not good at details, you'll learn that. I guess maybe you just did. Anyway, you guys might know that we usually only have one intern each summer, but this is a big year for us. And honestly, I couldn't decide between the two of you. I opened my mouth to ask about the part-time job in the fall because I doubt there are magically two of those, even if Jordy and I are both there. But considering Maggie hasn't brought up the topic yet, I probably shouldn't introduce it. 
You two will share the duties we talked about in your interviews, Maggie continues, filing some other basic organizing, helping out the staff with certain tasks. But I'd also love you, for you both to get to use your talents here. So we'll talk more about that once you're caught up on the boring stuff, okay? I'm going to sketch the end because then they just walk through the store for a while. and I mean, it's good exposition in a book, but it's just a lot to go through. <laughs> So we get back to the back of the story now. Maggie's talking. So I know this is boring, but if you two want to get started alphabetizing the stack of vendor invoices, that would be great. I'm going to my office for a while to get through some emails, but please come and get me if anything confuses you. Like the alphabet, I ask? <laughs> Maggie laughs, thank God, because it's another question I probably shouldn't have asked. Well, hopefully you've both got the alphabet down. I'll see you both at lunchtime, okay? Maggie disappears into the office at the very back of the room, and I turn to look at Jordy. Like the alphabet, Jordy says with a raised eyebrow. I wait for her to mock me, but her serious expression morphs into something else. Before I know it, she's laughing, and I don't think it's at me. I join in. How should we do this? I pick up the pile of invoices. Just split it in half? Works for me. She reaches out to take half the papers. We crowd two chairs against the desk and sort through the invoices. I know we're literally just putting things in alphabetical order, Basically a job that smart kindergartners could do. But there's something satisfying about taking piles of chaos and excuse me, and making them orderly. Some of these are old, Jordy says. I hope they're paid. She said she wasn't good with details, I say. Are you finished? Almost. I think you're faster at the alphabet than I am. Cool, I'll add that to my college applications. Fast at the alphabet, I say. She pokes my arm with her finger. Fastest, not best. Get your application facts right, Abby. Oh, sorry. Maybe I'm bad with details, too. Well, you didn't know my name, Jordy says, but then she smiles again. And I realize that having Jordy's smile focused on me feels pretty special, too. Thank you. Keep the applause going, because the cookies have shown up. Oh yeah, I did a lot. I had to do the research. You don't want to be irresponsible as an author. Um, yeah, I had so many, I had so many burgers. It was, it was really great. Plus, everyone was like, "Oh, do you need help with your research?" No one in the history of research has ever been like, "Do you need help with research?" Everyone was like that on this book. So yeah, I've eaten at a lot of burger places with a lot of people, and it's been wonderful. Which is your favorite? Oh, it's really hard. Um, I really. Lately, I've been really hooked on Shake Shack. I know, is, is that, is that a controversial opinion? I see thumbs up, so I think it's good. Um, thank you. I also, like, I like In-N-Out. It's very California, it feels right. <laughs> I mean, what burger feels wrong, then? Um, I also, I like Fusion Burger in Highland Park a lot. I like, I don't even know if it's true. I feel like there's an urban legend that it was formed from like angry line cooks from a mommy who were like, we could do this on our own. <laughs> like, it's just the same thing. I don't know why that's an urban legend or if it's true or not. If anyone knows, tell me. Uh, and you know what? Umami's also great and their vegetarian burger, the Impossible Burger, is rad. So there is a whole tour of burgers. <laughs> 
Oh my god, look at the cookies, guys. Wow, wow. They look like burgers, but they taste like lemon. <laughs> that may be confusing for your mouth. I'm going to take a picture before you vultures eat them. <laughs> oh my god, they're so cute. Beautiful. Everyone applaud first for Jessica Wharton, who made these. You made them? I am not a professional baker. They taste really good. Nailed it. At this point, I'm like, even if they taste like crap, like they great Instagram opportunity. Um, Jessica and some other women here are part of a club I'm in called Ladies Meat Night, where once a month we get together and eat meat. And so this is really, it's not a joke, that's what we do. Anyway, it just feels so nice to have a lady from Ladies Meat Night who made the burger cookies. So another round of applause. I love so many books in Los Angeles because I feel like neighborhoods are really specific and also people outside of Los Angeles, I don't think they, they don't get that and they also think LA is like a palm tree and it's some waves and like a surfer and then like someone who's gotten plastic surgery and then someone who works in Hollywood and that's like all of LA. And as all of us know, LA is so much more interesting than that. It's filled with so many cooler people than that would suggest. Also the beach is so far away and hardly anyone goes there. <laughs> so I love like getting to be really specific but also like it kind of feels like I get to have like jokes for you guys but then like ed <laughs> educate the rest of the country about Los Angeles. You know, it's really such a bum rap with this great weather and beautiful scenery. But yeah, it's really, I really love getting to kind of play both worlds in that, of doing stuff for the locals and doing stuff for everyone else. Yeah. What is your favorite pin? What's my favorite pin of all the ones I'm wearing? Oh my god, I have to just look at them. I think it's this cat who's in a, like a space pod from like this, like a Sputnik type space pod. I don't really know what Sputnik looked like, but I picture it like this, but it's got a cat in it. Anyway, a lot of my, here's a, here's a little store tip. I'm just going to keep giving places props. Audrey K in Burbank has great pins. I'm glad people are clapping for it. I love that shop. And um, the owner of it also, once I got done with this book, I was like, can I ask you questions to make sure I wrote about a shop correctly? And so she, they were so nice to me. So I definitely love that store and all the pins there. Yes. Um, you're now an LGBTQ author, but when you were the age of your protagonist, what authors inspired you and let you, gave you a sense that you might be able to do this? You know, it's really weird because I am, I was going to say old, older than some of you here, and <laughs> more than double the age of the people I write about. And so when I was growing up, there wasn't like, there weren't that many books about like 16, 17 year olds that weren't like the Sweet Valley Twins. I mean, specifically Elizabeth and Jessica Wakefield. The Sweet Valley Twins was a middle grade series, I think we all know that. So I don't want to confuse what's happening here. But anyway, there weren't, like, I was not reading things that I felt like were about kids like me, and it wasn't until I got older where I feel like YA really exploded, so I feel like middle grade was when I was really bonding with characters, and it was definitely the Babysitter's Club, which I am still obsessed with and still love. So, yeah, for me, it was like Anne and Martin, anything she touched was gold. She's still very inspirational to me. 
I mean, I don't read any of her current middle grade novels, but I still, anytime she posts, I'm like, tell me everything about the babysitter's club. <laughs> yes. Oh, I just, I, he's supposed to be answering the people, but I got excited. <laughs> Which member of the babysitter's club are you? <laughs> oh, I think I'm definitely Marianne, but I'm not, like, proud of it. <laughs> Like, she's so shrimpy in the first, and like, I just feel like that was me when I was that age. And also, like, her biggest dream, even when she had a cute boyfriend, was to get a cat. And that just was like, yeah, that's the priority. And then I remember she had that makeover and she got that famous city skirt, and I still think about that all the time. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, kind of in that um, same thing as, as the other folks were going up, Obviously, you love fashion, but I was wondering if there are any authors you like that particularly write about fashion well or anyone in fiction or non-fiction that you Well, Kayla, your book, Piper Parrish, has a very fashionable character named Piper Parrish. That's so funny. I know she wasn't going for it, but it was like weird that it came up and I wasn't going to mention it. Um, Um, oh my gosh, I'm so on the spot. I'm like, I don't know, that famous city skirt, what are you thinking about? It's that. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to give this more more thought, Kayla. I'm sorry. No, but everyone should read Piper Parish. <laughs> she is very fashionable. I'm pretty young, I know bands. Um, 
I definitely have seen, you know, CW shows. So you're like, it's basically I'm the same, but I just have like a job and stuff. It's the same. And then you are around people that enjoy. It is not the same at all. But if you like lie to yourself to get through it, and then once it's done, if you have good editors and good people who are giving you feedback, and you're like going out in the world and actually seeing people that age, you like. I don't know, I still remember in my first book, I just, the character described what she was wearing as a blouse, and my editor was like, no. No, 16 year old uses the word blouse, you have to change that. And I was like, oh, is that an old word? And like, I, I don't know, my assistant is not even that, I mean, she's not a teen, but I'll say things sometimes, and the look she gives me, I was like, that is not for young people. I was like, isn't it weird how many yogurt ads you get on Hulu? She's like, I don't get yogurt ads on Hulu. part of life. It's like pre-menopause, but they know it's here. Oh, no. uh, did this book have a soundtrack? Like, what did you listen to? Oh, it didn't. Isn't that weird? It didn't have a soundtrack. I know. It, like, they normally do. They normally are so specific. And this book was just sort of like... It was so easy to write that I didn't have to set the scene. I was... I actually wrote, this is weird, I wrote a lot of it with Breaking Bad on in the background. I, that was a weird experience. I feel like it was like, I was like doing the opposite. It was like everyone killing each other and doing that. And I was like, these girls are just so happy and falling in love, isn't it nice? So, I don't know, it's very, it was weird. I was thinking about that earlier today that normally I like post a playlist and I post some videos and I was like, I don't know, there's like a Tegan and Sarah joke, just listen to them, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, I wish I had a better answer for you. Why do you think this book was so easy to write? I don't know. I think I, I wanted to write it for a long time. I think it was really... This is going to sound mean, so if you're a guy, I'm sorry. But normally, when you're writing about like teen boys as heartthrobs, and you think of really what teen boys are like, you, I feel like you have to lie a little. <laughs> that to be mean because when you're 16 it is for real that's how you feel you're like they're handsome they are wise they know so much they tell you things they know and their hair is great and then you like get older and you like look back at pictures of teen boys and you're like oh my god like first of all that boy didn't know anything and he was really bossing me around and like you just don't I don't know but then I felt like writing about like two girls. I was like, no, girls kind of have it together in high school, or at least like style-wise, um, skincare-wise often. So I don't know. It also was just sort of fun to like not feel like I was like really having to do these justifications. So like, well, everyone else thinks he's weird, but I think he's so cute. It was just like, also a summer book was really fun to write, and I hadn't really done that. There was just all sort of like the romantic comedy things I like leaned really hard into. It was really, I don't know, it was fun. I also think everyone gets a real easy book, and this was mine, and I'm like, oh, great, that's behind me now. <laughs> I have a weirdly specific question. I always pay attention when I'm reading novels, what tense story in present tense, past tense, and I'm wondering if that's something that you have to think about before you write a single word, or if it's something that comes along during the... So, I always wrote... Before I was published in my first person past tense, it just felt like that was the right, the normal narrative or whatever. And then when I started writing the book Kissing Ted Callahan, it kind of came to me really fast when I was writing it down, and it came out in first person present tense. And I was like, oh, that's weird. How did that happen? And then it was really funny and immediate. And I was like, oh, what if I did all my books like this? And then like within, it wasn't too long after that that I sold my first book, 
And I asked the editor, I was like, what would you think if I changed the entire tense of this book? And she's like, I don't know, try it. Which is what editors say. They're not like, that's going to be a lot of work. They're like, I don't know, see how it goes. <laughs> so I did, and it was better, so then I had to go through the whole book and do it. But yeah, the thing I like about first person present is when you're writing about the things, the, the things I write about, the big dramas are like, does this person like me or not? Is my friend mad at me? It's these kind of like small moments of life that I think we all know are actually really important. But compared, like, Compared to like the Hunger Games, it's like, if your name's gonna get pulled for the reaping, that is objectively worse than like, your best friend's mad at you for who you're going out with. Like, it just is. So, I think there's something about first person presence that can kind of give it that intensity, that like, puts you more in that mind of like, when you're going through it, it does feel that bad. Is there a neighborhood or a place in Los Angeles that you have not written about that you would like to write about in a future book? Well, I've never written about anything on the west side because I don't understand it. It's very far away. It feels like I have to do a lot of research and travel. But, you know, I'm up for the challenge. Um, I'm really excited that my next, my sixth book is um, it's going to be set in Burbank by where I work. And I always, like, everyone at my office, like, we always make fun of Burbank because it's so weird. And it's like a small town that's also an industry town that's also like being in Missouri. <laughs> and all those things are true at once. And anyway, it's so fun to write about it and like get to use all like my dumb jokes. So um, I don't know, maybe a West Side book. What would happen? <laughs> if any of you want to guide me through the West Side. <laughs> Melissa's raising her hand. This is great. So we're, it's going to happen eventually. Culver City. Culver City, I do feel like that's like the place that we're all like, okay, well, we're okay with that part of the West Side. <laughs> Eastsiders are, like, we're the worst, we can admit that, but that's, everyone's like, oh, go for city, that's okay. Do you have a question? Oh, over here. Um, so many authors, when they're doing queer teen books, tend to lean into the coming out, like, oh my god, I like chicks, and now all of a sudden my life makes sense. Um, what was it like to, rather than doing that version of the story, do the, no, I've always liked chicks, and now I just like this chick. I was really excited to do that. My main reason initially was sort of like not a, not like a socially conscious reason. It was much more of like a, like an improv reason of like you start the scene as late as possible to get to the good stuff. And I was like, well, we have to do all this stuff about like, do I like girls? Is this what I'm feeling? And then there's like so much of that. And then you have to have like all these conversations with people. I was like, she just does. And now we're going to get to like awkwardly liking someone, which is to me so much more fun to write about. Um, I've also... I like. I just saw Love Simon. I hope a bunch of you did. I loved it. I thought it was great. But you know, not all coming out stories are sort of like so clean and like it. It happens like this. It builds. That wasn't clean. Like he got outed through a horrible incident. So I don't know why I'm acting like what a straightforward tale. <laughs> but you know what I mean. There's sort of this like narrative of how it's supposed to go. And I think for a lot of people, it's so much more complicated than that. And and that's also the thing of like any time, you know, like. You could be out to everyone in the world, and then like another person is like, "What?" And they're like, "Oh, now I have to tell this person something about myself." Um, so I think it's like an ongoing thing, and it also tends to make it about the other people. It's like, "Will my mom accept me? Will my family accept me? Will my church accept me?" And then it's sort of about them and their feelings, and I'm like, "Well, that seems sort of like it's a story for like straight people to learn to accept queer teens." Which is good, but I'm also like, well, there should be, the whole point of me writing this, I wanted to write a book for, like, queer girls to be like, I would like to crush on some swoony girls, so here we are. <laughs> I just want to write about swoony people with good hair, really, so. 
<laughs> like boys, girls, whatever. It's all good if their hair is good. <laughs> That's my biggest challenge writing a book with someone with not good hair. How are you dealing with the sudden, like, you've gotten a lot, a lot of lists of like great LGBT books coming up and stuff like that, and like, I know it's a very different reaction than your past books have gotten because it's your first queer book. So like, how is that, how are you dealing with all that kind of excitement? It's, I mean, mainly it's just really great. Um, it's weird. Sometimes it's weird because people are like, I like this book because it's diverse. And I was like, I hope you also just like it. <laughs> but it, like, it feels like I don't want to, that's, I think some people are so, they feel so starved for representation that they're really excited. But I also just feel like the industry is getting better. There's so many cool queer books out there right now. And a lot of them are like not serious, which I love. So yeah, it's just mainly been great. I am not used to getting this much attention before a book comes out, and it feels real weird to be, like, content and happy. Like, I'm like, oh, where's my jealousy? Where's my, oh, what am I not doing right? It's just, like, really good. So, I don't know. It's been awesome. Um, so, you want to write about swimming teams with gray hair? Always. But, uh, what other, are there any other, like, stories where you're like, ooh, I really want to write this, whether, like, you know what that looks like yet, or just other stuff that you're like, I've always wanted to do this, and maybe one day. I don't know, mainly just all my ideas are like, here's a weird thing about teens. Not a weird thing, I don't know why I said that, just a fun thing. Um, sometimes I do have ideas that are like sort of like fun romantic comedy ideas that I don't think are really about teenagers, because they make more sense if, you, if you're like, more experienced or like, had more heartbreak than a teen could like, feasibly have. But, I don't know. So far, so far, I just, I feel like very safe. Maybe I'm just like not challenging myself. I don't know. I did do a sad place. I don't know why I did it. It's just how my social anxiety works. Um, <laughs> great, people are recovering me. Uh, your next book that just sold, which you should probably talk about, is not safe and it's not uncomplicated. So why don't you tell everybody about that? Gretchen's one of the few people in the world who's read it, actually. So is Jesse. Two of the only people in the world who've read it are in this room. Um, yeah, that was really scary for me, I have to say. Um, my next book is called, tentatively called, my editor keeps being like, tentatively. I guess she doesn't like the title. Uh, it's called The Last Year of James and Cat. It is a book inspired by the musical The Last Five Years, which if you know that, is two timelines. One goes forward, one goes backward. It's about two girls, James and Cat. It's their senior year, and by the end of it, they are no longer best friends. They've been best friends since kindergarten. And it's not a spoiler because it goes forward and backwards, so you know already. And I think for a lot of people, friendship breakups are the worst breakups they've gone through. So many people are nodding emphatically and looking really sad. <laughs> and I wanted to write about that for a long time. So and I wanted to do it in a non-linear way because I think I liked pulling at the idea of like showing someone looking horrible and then being like, oh wait, but they were so nice and what is that about? And I really wanted to also write about so often no one's a bad person. It's often like this person's growing this way, this person's doing this other thing. It doesn't always line up yet. I think most adults are a little better at having people in their lives different from them, but when you're a teen, it can feel really hard. So yeah, I want to explore all that. It is not all, obviously it doesn't have a happy ending. I already told my mom, like she gets so worried when she reads romantic comedies that they won't work out. I'm like, mom, it's, it's gonna be fine. And I was like, you can just skip my next one. <laughs> So, she said because she knows it's going to be fine, but I feel like I'm just going to get angry text anyway. <laughs> I got angry text during this book, and it's like the fluffiest thing I've ever written. <laughs> it's hard on her. So, anyway, yeah, it was really, it was a good challenge. Um, I do, I 
mean, I still bury a romantic comedy into one of the POVs, so like, I still snuck it in. And both two points of view, two love interest, all good hair. <laughs> one last question. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, I know you have a really amazing collection of dresses, and I wanted to know if you bought a dress in celebration of this book, or if you're looking to buy it. I did. I will step out for those in the back who haven't seen it. <laughs> it literally has burgers and hot dogs on it. <laughs> earlier my favorite thing about it is it's like I don't feel like it's well done like I feel like they just got some like graphics and then we're like oh lunch is in seven minutes just like, paste them on because like look it's just like it's cut out it's not designed well or anything <laughs> honestly it led me to loving it more because it was such a like weirdly lazy effort I was like yeah I support that we've all had those projects do where like we just need to get out the door and then someone agreed to it and shouldn't have so I bought it and I love it I also bought this necklace for the occasion. It was overpriced and I had to pay for British shipping. So thank you all for coming so I could like make it worth it. Does anyone need to enter the raffle still? Need to enter the raffle raffle here? Anyone else need to enter the raffle? Raffle um, so raise your hand up if you need a raffle, so we'll make sure you get a raffle. Yeah, people. Okay. Um, and also, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move all this stuff out of the way. Um, we're going to bring a table out where um, Andy will sign behind. Um, we love it. We'd love it if you bought the books first before you got them signed. Um, and also, if uh, do you have any friends with benefits here today? If you have a friend That's with a benefits? category oh. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking my friends. I'm not asking my friends. President, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful program that we do here, where you get, um, uh, um, it's a membership program at Sky Bookstore, and um, you get, um, you get uh, to be first on the signing line. You get um, discounts. You get invited to special events. So um, we have at least one. So um, please line up over here, and then if we can have um, everyone else line up, we're right to get travel, travel writing. Okay. So we're gonna move all this stuff out of the way. Oh, we're gonna do a raffle. Hold on. Okay. I also have some just like fun swag. I have buttons. I have them on my jacket. They're real cute. Uh, I didn't sign them, so I can say that. Um, bookmarks, trading cards, because why not? That's normal. Um, and postcards designed by our own Jesse Weinberg. So anyway, if you come up and get your book signed, I will give you those things. If you're not getting the book and you just want to get those things, get in line, you will get them. Or just, I don't know, if you see me later, I'll probably have some more. <laughs> now we're going to do the raffle. This is, okay. What? Uh, it's not how raffles work. <laughs> this is for one of the adorable burgers. Oh, me. <laughs> 104. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What a gas. Yay. Yeah, it's okay. It's Joshua Cool from my office. <laughs> Second burger. One five four. Hundred percent tasty. 
I like that someone moaned. <laughs> not, not a good moan. Like, oh. 202. One of these Hello Kitty buttons, the choice will be yours. 118. <laughs> 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 they're both, they're both okay. She was really gonna deliberate, and I'm like, no. <laughs> like, which one? I'm like, I said the line where she's taking pictures. So there's two burger ones left. All right. Oh, I could draw two more ones. One, one, zero. All it's right. Hey guys, this is Cassandra, and you know what? She read the audiobook for the summer of Jordy Perez. Local celebrity. in my car and then I was like this is weird it's just my book like it's someone else's voice I laughed at a joke like that's clever and I'm like so embarrassed and then a friend of mine got in my car and she's like Amy I'm like I know <laughs> last prize other than the prize of being here and meeting book lovers in a beautiful bookstore 165 You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.